with me to the book of Philippians, chapter number 4. Philippians, chapter number 4. Wonderful, wonderful book today. Got a new Bible, and it sometimes it looks like I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I'm going. Flipping through, I'm like, I said, does he even know where it's at? He started, he thumbed that whole Bible. and uh, But I got a new Bible, and I uh, had to get it broke in. And I said, I know that Philippians is in here somewhere. So, Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 4, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, giving thanks, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard And seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And the God of peace be with you. Verse 9, one more time. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the Peace of God and God and and the God of peace shall be with you, and the God of peace shall be with you. I want to preach for the next few moments here tonight, today. It's almost tonight. I'm just kidding. On maintaining the more abundant life, maintaining the more abundant life. Lay your Bibles down. Raise your hands to the Lord. Let's pray. God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your power, Lord, your anointing, God, and how you're able to move and minister. God, Lord, I know today, Lord Jesus, that you are touching every heart and every mind. Lord, we know, God, that your spirit, God, will never leave us nor forsake us. You're going to go with us all the way until the end of the world. Amen. Let's clap our hands into the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You all can be seated in the name of the Lord. I think I have got the more abundant water here. I don't know how I opened up, ended up opening two bottles of water, but I think I'm going to drink both of them. Amen. Maintaining the more abundant life. We understand today that we, we have been filled with the Holy Ghost. I understand that setting inside of this room is, is men and women and, and children that love the Lord. They are children and men and women of God. And they have been miraculously saved and born again by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can anybody say amen that they have been Born again of the water and of and of the Spirit. Can I get an agreement today? Can you agree with me today that you've been you've been born again? Sometimes it's a miraculous thing, and sometimes it's something you never thought would have happened. And I tell you, but it happened where God moved in your life, and because you have been born again, the Bible says that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me. And I'm telling you today that when he when 
you've been born again, you are empowered by the Holy Ghost and you have been transformed uh, from, from a nobody to a somebody, to somebody that's struggling, to somebody that can live an overcoming life, for somebody that don't know how to get through, for, to somebody that can make it through any circumstance, any trial, anything that you've ever faced. I tell you, and it comes by the power of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody can witness to me that you have seen the transforming power of the Lord work in someone's life. Mm. We've been bought with a price. It's the blood of Jesus. Bought with that price. We are. We have been bought with that ultimate price of life. And old things have been passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Just take a look at your neighbor and you can see the, the, the resemblance of what God can do in someone's life. And you can see the, the God in somebody. You can see how God can transform someone that maybe they had a life of alcoholism and had a life of, uh, of abuse and had a life of all kinds of different uh, demonic oppressions but uh, you can look and see how they are different we are a new creation if you can look at my life from what I was before I got born again you can see a total transformation thank God I'm not what I used to be God changed me God made me new I'm overcoming I'm talking to you about a, a more abundant life. I'm talking to you about a life that's full of hope. A life is full of joy. A life is full of peace. A life that you can overcome anything that you're going through. I'm talking to you about God transforming your life. Look at your life. Look at my life. Oh, we can see that inside of us, we cannot just be an, an ordinary person, but we can be a champion for the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do the work that Jesus has put in our heart to do. Oh, we can do anything. We can achieve any, any, any task, any goals. Oh, we have the attributes of Christ inside of us. Oh, because we have received that spirit of God. God. And I tell you, when we receive the Spirit of God, God transforms us. And God makes us into a wonderful blessing that, like we've never imagined. I tell you what, it all starts when you come into the house of God. Oh, and God moves in your heart and convicts you. Has anybody ever received the conviction of the Holy Ghost? Oh, the tears start running down your eyes and the preacher starts preaching and he says, if anybody here want to wanna come to the Lord and be born again, does anybody here need to repent of their sins? And you feel that, that conviction power and say, Lord, that's me. I'm the one. I'm the one that's going astray. I'm the one that needs God. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. Has anybody ever been that way and you were like it's me I'm the one that needs the Lord I'm the one that needs help I'm the one that needs the freedom of the Holy Ghost to move in my life amen let's clap our hands to the Lord yes I need it more now than ever before oh oh you know what no matter what you go through in life there has to be a sustain. It, you cannot live your life on a one moment hype. You can't live your life on a moment and an encounter and one encounter with the Almighty God. It, it, it's just like any other thing in the world. If you do anything, if you if you do a sports or you 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 do anything, it, it competitive sports, uh, uh, any kind of events, any kind of activities or academics or or even vacations or anything you do. Uh, many times you, ha you have to have uh, something uh, that will be able to be determined that you uh, are an overcoming uh, champion in what you do in life. You have to have that certain attitude and a certain characteristic in order to get it done. Have you ever seen somebody that had a sad attitude and you couldn't, they couldn't get nothing done? 
You have them on your job. And those people don't get the promotion. Those people don't get the job. And those people don't get to do the things. It's because of their attitude and their mindset that they, they don't maintain their life. Oh, they're good for a minute, but they don't maintain. It's just like a car. It can run like a top. But if you don't maintain it, it's going to get a rod knocking in it. Ah, oh, it's going to start running bad. It's going to start acting up. And it's not because it wasn't a good car. It wouldn't, wouldn't what? It's because of the main maintaining in our spiritual walk it recalls it calls us to to start to to maintain some things and protect some things and keep some things in order how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation and I tell you I don't want to neglect the very thing that gives me life and the very thing that gives me hope and the very thing that brought salvation in my life I don't want to neglect it but but I want to give it all to the Lord. Mm. Huh. Don't always happen like that. But everybody that uh, that does something, does something in life, or does something for God, it all begins with an attitude. Oh. There's a mindset that you have to have in order to get to where you want to be. I've seen it so many times. People come to me and our other preachers and they will say, Oh, I feel this. I'm called this. I want to do this. I want to do that. But somewhere along the line, they did not maintain that. And if you have a ministry, if you don't maintain that ministry and you don't work at that ministry, you don't do what needs to be done in that ministry, that ministry will flop and it will come to an end. Because it doesn't just happen by itself but it happens when you maintain and your walk with God doesn't just happen automatically but it happens when you wake up and you're going to maintain some things and you have an attitude uh, that you're going to do the things that needs to be required so many people have an attitude don't get attitude with me now brother you ever look at your kid and say don't get an attitude with me anymore. I do have an attitude. I have a very good attitude. And you're like, no, you don't, buddy. You don't know what a good attitude looks like. You've you're got a bad attitude. And sometimes we, things don't happen in our walk with God because we have a bad attitude about it. Uh, sometimes you're gonna, in order to, to, to win, you're going to have to have an attitude that you're going to win. You have to have a mindset that no, and a, a mindset and a determination that God is going to do everything that He said He was going to do. Uh, you know what? It, it, it is when you have an attitude about something. It is a state of mind or a feeling uh, it, to to be able to do something uh, and, and it's 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 a state of mind that you are determined and it's a determination of whether it's good or bad it's your attitude it's your feelings uh, someone who has a bad or negative attitude we've all seen those types of people that has a bad attitude and everybody has a bad day from time to time and I promise you I've had a bad day things didn't go don't go right and sometimes you get a little bit cranky I don't know Shirley, but she's not. Sometimes you all have bad attitudes, and sometimes you all get a little whiny. And sometimes we, I put myself in there too. Sometimes we get bad days. Sometimes we, we get a little bit irritated. Has anybody ever got irritated? Has anybody, you know what, I'm talking to some normal people. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're a little bit better than not, maybe you're not human, I don't know. Maybe you're more holier than I am. You know, uh, maybe, you know, I think even Jesus had a bad day or two. You know, he got a little bit wore out, and you know, a little bit cranky, he got tired, he wanted to go to bed, and, and he got fussy, you know, and I, I believe, you know, in our, our own life so often... You know, we get a bad day, and everybody gets a bad day. Oh, but sometimes when you have that bad day, and if you if you if you have a good positive attitude, you know, uh, you, you'll go through that day, and you'll get through it, and, and and you'll look at all the positive things in that day, and you'll come out a winner at the end of the day. But if you have a bad
bad attitude, you will always be in the pits. You'll always be in the dumps. And, oh, you'll never say anything good about anything. You know, we've all seen people like that. People that we, that we, that uh, around our world today, so, so bitter and so hateful. And no matter what you say to them, they, they're mad. They got something negative to say. They ain't got nothing good to say about nobody. And they're bad and they're angry. You know what? If you're going through a bad day, you need to have an attitude that you're going to maintain your, your mindset to do the things God wants you to do. And God, and you're going to finish what start, what God started and in your life and God envisioned you to do. I tell you what, I promise you, if we're going to do the will of God, there's going to be tough days. There's going to be decisions that we're going to have to make. And it's going to put us in some, some uncomfortable situations. And we're going to have to do what is required, even if it doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't make sense. We're going to have to do what thus saith the word of the Lord, just like Ruth. She done it whether it didn't make sense or not. She helped Naomi whether it made sense or not. She done the things that needed to be done. And sometimes when we're called by God, we're going to have to do the things that God wants us to do in this church. If we're ever going to make you do keep the more, we're going to have to start doing the more and maintaining the more. We're going to have to put the, the, the work in it. We're going to have to turn the wrenches. We're going to have to swing the hammer. We're going to have to tighten some things up. We're going to have to loosen some things up. We're going to have to take some stuff off and put some more stuff back on. We're going to have to maintain because your prayer life today ain't going to keep you right on. But it's going to require you to have a daily walk with the Lord and you're going to have to do the things that God wants you to do on a daily basis, right? Get out there and fine tune it. You ever seen those fiddlers? Philip Holloman, he can play a fiddle or a violin, whatever you want to call. Probably depends on what side of the crack, the, not the crack, what side of the, the tracks you're on. Maybe you're bluegrass, it's a fiddle. If you're, if you're in a big core, a big uh, orchestra, maybe it might be a violin. I don't know the difference, really. Maybe somebody can enlighten me one day. But you know what? You ever seen those people that fiddle? They just fiddle with stuff? Just like I was talking about at service on, on, uh, on Friday night when I was... I said, I normally don't, I don't fiddle during the service, but I'm going to have to fiddle a little bit. And I had to fiddle with the PA. You had to fiddle with the monitors. I had to fiddle with stuff. You had to tweak, you had to tweak some stuff, you know. Stuff's got to be tweaked. Stuff's got to be moved with. You know what? Uh, sometimes, you know, you get those people at work that don't do nothing. Well, my machine, the machine it ain't running. Well, what happened to it? I don't know. What'd you do to try to fix it? No, I ain't touching that thing. Ain't nobody going to accuse me of messing nothing up. I ain't going to fool with nothing. You ever seen some people like that? Those people, I know I'm on live stream, but they may not be watching. I don't know. Those people get on my nerves, you know. Is that okay? I was like, well, you could have done something, whether it was right or wrong. You don't just sit there and look at it. You just said, well, you know, I just didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want you to get mad at me. I didn't want all this. I said, well, you know, you know, a guy on dirt shift, you know, his machine's down, so he just takes a break. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to wait on maintenance. Maintenance comes, they ain't got no clue. They haven't even seen that machine before. And you say, figure it out, boys. I don't know. You got those people like that that don't do anything. Then you got the ones that fiddle all the time. They turn every knob. They twist every bolt. They speed stuff up, slow stuff down. They touch things they ain't supposed to touch. They take stuff apart, and then they put it back together. They put it back together wrong. They're just bored. They're just looking for something to do. They just fiddle, fiddle this, fiddle that, and they just do all kinds of stuff. You know, that, that's the way it is with life. You know, in your job or whatever, you got the ones that don't want to do nothing, and then you got the ones that does too much, and they just fiddle with everything. They just start fooling with stuff. And we've all seen it on, our, on the jobs. Can't you just leave it the way I had it when, when you came in? You know, it's running great. Yeah, I don't like running like that though. I I like to turn to make it like this. I, I watched this one guy when where I, where I was uh, when I was working before before he even started the machine up. He would get in the in the computers. He started adjusting stuff. He put all his settings in there. He wouldn't even try it out. He changed everything out. He put everything. He'd start adjusting stuff. It's all oh, that that needs to be moved. 
You know, he then he then he just sort of moved, start running the machine with nothing going on there. Yep, mm. he start timing stuff and doing. He never even ran it. And then when he run it, he said, "I can't get that thing to run. I don't know what's wrong with it. I've done everything I know to do." Well, so you know what you didn't know to do is not to do nothing. <laughs> but enough of that. There's my vent for the year. Well, I'm sure there're gonna be more. But you know what? In our spiritual life, sometimes you're going to have to start feeling some, some stuff. You can't just sit there and say, well, you know, uh, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, I'm having trouble here. I'm having trouble when I walk, walk with God. I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling doing that. Well, what are you doing? To fix? Well, I don't know. I, Pastor, I figured you'd tell me. You know, what, what do you think it is? I've just been sitting around here suffering with this. I, I don't know. What, I mean, I'm just not doing nothing, you know. I'm not, do, I'm not adjusting anything in my life. I'm not trying to do anything better. I'm not trying to, to make things work out. Outright and 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 be and get closer to God. You know what? You go. You can't just wait for God to do everything. You're going to have to start doing some stuff yourself. But pastor, pray for me. I'm struggling. Well, what are you doing to fix it? Have you got you Have you got your tools out? Are you start maintaining? Are you start? Greasing some stuff up. You know, sometimes you can't, you can't raise your hands up like you used to. You need to start greasing some stuff up. Those, those barons at work, you know, they get all dry. When they go, and they start, and then everybody be like, who is that? Where is that coming from? And they'll be women up and they're walking around. Put some race on that thing, you know, and they grease that thing up and start squealing. You know, a lot of times when people, when they're not living for God, they start squealing. They start squeaking. Oh, when they get in a, in a bind, you know, and they start squeaking and start squealing and start locking up. And the things they used to be able to do, they can't do it no more. All because they did not maintain. They did not grease. They didn't take care of what needed to be took care of. They didn't replace the things that were broken. They didn't do the things that needed to be done. Sometimes you're going to have to put in the effort and do what God wants you to do and put in the time to, to maintain what God has given you. You can't just say, I got more, I got more, I got more. And I tell you what, if you ain't careful, that more will go right out the door. Amen. I've seen it in my life. You've seen it in your life, right? You've seen all the victories just walk out the door. And, and when February comes and March comes, you know, people are getting ready to backslide and they just lost everything they got uh, for the victorious reset service that we had. You know what? It's not because what God did was, was bad because God's, God's pretty good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I tried him out. Not only tried him out, but it was all you can eat. I went back for seconds and thirds and fourths. I foundered on what the Lord gave. Oh, how sweet it is. Oh, to be loved by Him. What kind of sweet. Oh, power and anointing He has. What a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. Oh, He is sweet. He is precious. He is holy. He's everything I ever imagined. Oh, yes. Yes, He's good. Oh, but you know what? It takes a maintaining. You can't just founder on Sunday and starve on Monday and Tuesday. You can't just have victory at reset and then throughout the month and the year stop eating and stop maintaining and stop exercising your faith and stop walking in the Spirit and stop walking after the things that God wants you to do. You're going to have to start maintaining some stuff. If you want this victory to keep going, you're going to have to maintain. I want to move Brother Dave back. We move those seats up, and he's in a splash zone. You need, you need a cleaning cloth or something for your glasses? You need a face mask. I'll tell you what. You know, it's just like going, going to the Sea World. You know, you're, seeing, you know, you're in a splash zone, right? You know, I'll tell you what, dude, you need a, if your preacher don't, if, don't have a, if your church don't have a splash zone, you need to start getting a preacher that has some more spit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Little D says, Ew. 
<laughs> but you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes you don't maintain. People backslide because they don't maintain. People walk in defeat because they don't maintain. It's not that God is messed up or even them. It's because they, 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 they had an attitude that, of, that they would not be able to maintain what God gave them. Sometimes God don't give you things because you can't take care of it. You know what? If God gives you that, you got to take care of it. If God gives you a ministry, you need to wait for your ministry. Wait on your ministry. Well, what does that mean? Wait on your ministry. Well, that just means i got to wait. Wait, wait. No, no, that ain't what that means. If God's called you to the ministry, you need to cater to that ministry. You need to care for that ministry. You need to be a waiter for that ministry. You need to put what needs to be put in. You need to be waiting on that ministry. If God called you to preach, then guess what you need to do? You need to wait on that. You need to care for it. You need to supply it with the needs. You need to, to give it what, you, what it needs. And then, then that ministry starts growing and starts developing. And then guess what? Pretty soon, you get a microphone. And pretty soon, you get to go to, down to the gutter and start baptizing people down at the water hole you know and, and, and the homeless people down at the at, at, down on the street or going to the jail or going to the nursing homes and going to these places and and then then you start growing and growing and growing why do you grow it's because you wait for your ministry you care for your ministry you maintain your ministry and people say well I'm not no preacher and say so I'm talking about ministries I'm not talking about preaching everybody's a minister Everybody's got a ministry. Everybody's got a calling. Everybody's got a place. Everybody's got a position. You know, you talk about the body of Christ. You know what? People say, well, I'm not that important, you know. I'm just this, that, and the other. I tell you what, you take off your big toe and you see how good you can walk. You might be able to walk, but people's going to know something's up. Then you, If you have some, a vital person backslide and leave the church, the church is going to go on. But it may have a limp or two working through some kinks to get things back the way it's supposed to be. Because they used to having that big toe. And now they got to learn how to balance without it. And you may fall a few times. You know, that's why it's so important to have each and every person in the church. But you know what? If people don't maintain and if our members don't maintain their self and their personal walk and their personal ministries, the church will start to suffer. You know what? Sometimes you do all you can do for somebody to guard their heart, to protect them, to shelter them, to keep out the, the wolves and, the, and, and the, the, the thieves that will try to destroy them. You, the, the, they're under the shelter of God and the shelter and the shield of the shepherd of God and the pastor of the church. But even with that, sometimes the, the, the heart and the, the body of Christ or someone's individual body can, can create, can, can get a cancer. The Bible calls it, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but the Bible calls it a different word in King James, but it's actual. It's a, 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 a cancer. It's a, I, can't, I, wish, I could, wish I could remember that, but maybe I'll, I'll tell you all later if I can remember. If I can't remember now, I may forget to tell you, but God bless you. But sometimes, you know what I mean. Sometimes your heart can be cut, can get a cancer. Sometimes your heart can get something inside of it. Sometimes your heart can get a disease. Sometimes your heart can get some struggles and some things in it that will destroy it. And even with the pastor's covering, even with the good preaching and the, and the holiness preaching and the doctrine and the word of God, the heart can still get a cancer. The heart can still can get a disease. The heart can still can get something that will destroy it. What well, is is it the pastor? No. Is it God? No. Well, what's going on? What, what's going on? You know, what's, what's the problem? We, we talked about this on Wednesday, talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Sometimes if you don't maintain your righteousness, and the breastplate of righteousness is to guard your heart. That's why we don't go to certain places, because we know that our heart will be drawn to do things it shouldn't do. We don't, do, we don't go certain places and talk to certain people and do certain things. Why? Because we know that if we do that... 
and we put ourselves in that place, we jeopardize the safety of our heart. We don't, we don't listen to certain things because we know when we listen to those things, our heart can, can get a cancer. Uh, our heart can get a disease uh, because you're not maintaining your heart. You're not taking care of your heart by the righteousness of God. We don't wear certain things. We don't, we don't uh, do, the, do the certain things that a lot of people do because that protects us. Well, I don't care what people think about me. Well, it ain't just about them and all that. You know, you should be wanting to present yourself and live your, yourself to, to let that, that men would see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Remember that verse? Right? You know what? You got to live in a way. You know what? The, the, the beginning of the scriptures let your moderation be known. Uh, let your life be known to, to everybody. Let your life be known that, that, that uh, this, is, this is you and what God's done in your life. Let your moderation be known. Let your holy living be known. Let your conversation be known. Let the blessings of God be known in your life. And I believe today that if we do that, uh, we show what, uh, what God is doing in our lives. I believe that uh, that will protect our heart and keep our hearts from, from falling and, and being damaged. Right? But it's not just about them. But it's about us. It's about keeping us holy. It's about keeping us Righteous. It's about keeping us from doing the things that we ought not to do. To show us the power of God and how it's able to sustain and help us in every situation. We know the scripture says that as a man thinketh so in his heart, so is he. Your attitude, your mind, and how you think in your heart, that's the way you are. Many of us endure hardships simply because we have negative attitudes. And, and many times we go through negative situations and negative uh, experiences and tragedies and things that happen in our lives. Some people, you know, have so many hard situations that they have to, 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 to go through because they, they have an attitude of hopelessness. Have you ever seen somebody... When they have, their, their mind is just hopeless, and their mind is just helpless, and their mind is just like it's not even, even going to happen. There's no use of me even trying because I'm hopeless. Your attitude is hopeless. It's never going to get any better for me. God's never going to move in my life. This church is never going to see revival. And they live their life with such hopelessness. Well, this was just a one-time thing. God moved on me, and I, and I felt the power of God. But, to, you know, it's going to be the same way when I get back home and everything's going to be the same and all, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Many of us, don't, you know, we don't experience the, the blessing. And we don't experience the more because we are living with a mindset and an attitude that it's, never, it's always going to be this way. You go home and you know it's rough and ain't never gonna change and it, it, life is, is 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 rough and and it's just all oh, whoa 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 is me oh it's terrible it's terrible it's terrible it's terrible and your attitude uh, of hopelessness will keep you from getting the the things that God wants you to have and I will tell you what if you want to get what God has for you in your life you have to maintain that sound mind and that and that attitude that God's going to make a way where there seem to be no way. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know what, people, instead of fighting the fight of faith and battling over their situations and persevering oh, they, they, through their situations, they, they, they get themselves in a mindset to where it's almost like self destruction. They have a self-destructive lifestyle because they have adopted a negative attitude and that will always take you to the bottom. Mm. Right? 
What's your attitude? What's your attitude about what's going on? You having a, a bad attitude? You know, when you're talking about the church, when you talk about some, the church to somebody on your job, and you got a bad attitude about it, you talk bad about the preacher, eat the preacher for supper? You know, people do that. We'll come over. We'll talk about the pastor. We'll eat some beans and cornbread. So we have a little bit of rhythm with the blues. You got which one's got the rhythm, which one's got the blues, right? Let that sink in. We're talking about musical fruit, right? Enough of that. Eating beans, pastures, you know. There you go. Let that sink in. I'm getting some giggles now. Bottom line is, we can't just merely think that things are always going to be the same way. It all, it all starts with that attitude that presses forward to do the things that we know God has called us to do. And, and we need to realize many times that the problems that comes in our lives, that, that seemingly break us, they are not there to break us, but they are there to make us. Has anybody went through some problems that you felt like was breaking you? They wasn't breaking you. They were making you to what God wants you to be. Right? If it wasn't for the brokenness, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. If it wasn't for the hurt, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Oh, Brother Dwayne, you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all the years of suffering, all the years of shame, and many times it's the shame that comes to your life. And sometimes there's things that happen in your life and you're, that you have to go through, and you don't know why you have to go through them. You don't deserve the things you have to go through. And sometimes you're faced with those things, but those things that the devil meant to break you we ended up making you into what God wanted wants you to be. It's create, making you into the minister and the, and the ministry that God wants you to be in. So, so you can be a light to your sisters. You, you can be a light to your families. Oh, so you can win your children over to the Lord. So you can bring your back and loved ones back. Oh, it's because of the suffering. It's because of the shame. And the reason why you got through all of that is because you had an attitude that I'm going to maintain my integrity. I'm going to maintain my walk with God. I'm going to maintain the things that God has has for me what God wants for me how many's made their mind up that they're going to maintain let's clap our hands to the Lord yeah maintain and it's con- means to constantly work on it so we've got to constantly work with our attitude we've got to constantly work on our walk with God you never get to the point where you arrive. Well, I don't need to pray. I don't pray. Hmm. Have you read the Bible? I said, I've read this thing two or three times. I don't think I need to read it no more. I think if there's anything in there that that needs to be known, I don't read it. I don't know it. One guy at my work was saying, I don't understand it. If you read it, if you read the Bible through once why do you got to read it again why do you got to keep reading that thing all the time I said that it's alive it's 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 more than just words on a page it's the body it's the it's Christ the Bible says Jesus said said that he come in the volume of the book in the volume of a book you know what when we read the words it is written of Jesus when you're reading that Bible it is the word of God is alive. The Word of God is quick. What does quick mean? Quick means alive. King James says quick, so everybody's like, get them fast. Give me right, give me left. You know, Brother Travis was fighting. He was up here. He'd show them how to do some kickboxing. Do some quick. Do, do something quick. No, it's alive. The Word of God is alive. It's, it's powerful. 
is sharper than any two-edged sword, a piercing the divided asunder, the, the bone and the, and the spirit, even the, and the, and the, and, and, and the, the bone and the marrow, and uh, even the, the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh, I tell you what, this word is alive. It becomes uh, a maintained. You've got to constantly study. You've got to constantly read your word. You've got to constantly be in Bible study. You've got to constantly be in discipleship and be and starting to disciple. That's what making disciples is. You learn. You teach. You, you, you teach. And the Bible says in the words of Jesus in Matthew 28 and, 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 and 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Woo. You know what? When you go, and once verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. One translation says, Go ye therefore and make disciples. Make disciples, baptizing them. You know what? You got to make, you got to, you got to, to teach them before you can baptize them. You got to disciple them before you can baptize them. You got to start teaching them. It starts on your job. It starts on, on your workplace. It starts inviting them over for supper, and you start imparting the scriptures to them. You know what? Then they start saying, "I want to be baptized." Then they're gonna say, "Yeah, I see what the Holy Ghost did for your life. How do I get this Holy Ghost? How do I how do I get the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues?" You know what? You know you start being you start being baptized. You start getting baptized. Then you start being learning all things. So whatsoever I have commanded you, every commandment, everything you start learning. It, it, it is a it is a attitude. It is a lifestyle to where you start doing the things. And the first thing you're going to have to do is I'm getting ready to get into my message here today. I got some that's happy and some that I heard the belly growl. Uh, give me give me forty five more minutes. Uh, it's almost like a bulldog just come out of there. <laughs> Started growling at me. Started showing his teeth. Like Brother Little D, right? <laughs> Sometimes you're going to have to praise the Lord. In order to maintain, it starts with praise. Praise will, will get you through any situation. People that lose their praise, they're not maintaining their walk with God. Sometimes you're going to have to get fed up with where you are. Sometimes you've got to get tired of the old ways. Sometimes you've got to get tired <coughs> of some old things. <coughs> have you ever been tired of some old things? I'm just tired of it. Sometimes you, gotta, you can't get forward until you get tired of where you're at. Some just, some, you know, sometimes you can't go forward in God until you can say, I just, I just don't want to go back. I'm just tired. I'm tired of being where I'm at in my walk with God. I've got to go forward. And sometimes you got to get tired of where you are. You got to get tired of the old man. You got to get tired of just living day and day in and day out without joy and without peace, without happiness, without life. You're going to have to get tired of living a life without the abundance and without the more in your life. you got to be tired of being down and out. you got to be tired of going through struggles and trials. you got you got to get tired of going under the weight of, of sin and, the, and under the waves of this world. you got to get tired of going backwards. you got to get tired of just coming to church week after after week and, and and service after service and leaving the same way. Oh, just leaving the church with the same old problem. Leaving the church with the same old headache. Just leaving the church with the same old heartbreaks. Leaving the church with the same old letdowns. Leaving the church with the same old setbacks. Oh, how many can say, I don't want to leave the same. I want to leave with more than ever before. Or sometimes we're going to have to get tired of being down and out. We're going to have to get tired 
tired of being the tail and not the head. You're going to have to be tired of being defeated and not to being the overcomers. We're going to have to be tired of where we are and we're going to have to start praising God. Praise Him till the walls fall down like Joshua. You're going to have to praise Him in the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're going to have to praise the God oh, till it quenches the appetite of a lion like he did for Daniel when he was in the lion's den. Oh, somebody needs to clap their hands right now and praise the Lord because God's getting ready to do something great in your life. Oh, sometimes you need to learn that, that you can praise God through the trials, through the tribulations, through everything that you have to go through. Oh, through all the hell and havoc the devil's trying to put in your life. Praise your way through. You need to learn how to praise him through the sickness and pain. Praise him. Praise him brings power. Praise him declares God's power in your life. Praise him in your circumstances. Praise him in your confusion. Praise him in your crisis. Praise him when you don't know what to do. I can call on King Jesus. Praise him because of who he is. Praise him because he's almighty. Praise him because he blessed me. Oh, praise him because he cares for you. Praise him because he delivered you. Oh, praise him because he erased your past. He, he took the penalty of sin that was against you. Praise him that he forgave you. Praise him that he gave you eternal life. Praise him that he heard your cry. Aren't you glad the Lord heard your cry? Oh, hallelujah. We need to praise him that he, because he justified us. Praise him that he kept us through the storm and through the rain. Praise him because he loved me when I was unlovable. His mercies are new every morning. He never left me behind. He's never left me. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. Oh, you need to praise him because he opened doors in your life that you didn't think would open up. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. It's all right for us to praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Praise him because of the open doors. Praise him because the price he paid. Praise him because he, he redeemed you. Praise him because he saved you and sanctified you and filled you with the Holy Ghost. Praise him that he took your place on Calvary. Praise him oh, because of his undenying love for you. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Come on, the Lord's wanting to do something in this place. Lord wants to move in this place. Lord wants to touch in this place. God's reaching for hearts in this place. God's touching somebody right now. Oh, because that somebody that may be in a moment to where they wouldn't maintain the things that God has given them. God is in this place saying it's more than a moment. It's more than just a prayer. It's more than just relaxing. It's more than just acting like everything is whatever and God's going to do whatever. But God wants to take us to the more to where we keep everything God has for us. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Come on, I believe it. Let's just all stand. We're going to praise the Lord through this. Somebody ought to praise Him in this place. Why? Why do we want to praise Him in this place? Because there's power in our praise. Why do we want to praise Him oh, in this place? Because when we praise Him, oh, you lose sight of your situation. Oh, and the, the things that you're dealing with. Oh, by the glory of your praise. Why do you want to praise the Lord? Because there's power, ultimate power in our praise oh, when we get our minds on the Lord just like when they were in oh, the, the prison cell Paul and Silas praised and uh, prayed and sang praises unto the Lord and the walls came down and God is in this place and he wants to give us the power through our praise don't just talk about it we need to do it don't just say you want victory and not do anything to receive it and maintain it God wants to give us victory and God wants us to maintain the victory that God gave us. Let's clap our hands. Yes. Hallelujah. 
Sometimes you got to pray. Sometimes you got to push. Sometimes you got to get what God has. You're going to have to guard your heart. You're going to have to guard your mind. Oh, sometimes you're going to have to maintain. You're going to have to practice right thinking. So I'm closing today. You could stand or be seated, but I'm closing today. You're going to have to maintain right thinking. One of the greatest struggles of every believer that's in this place that's been transformed under the power of God, it is the patterns of their thoughts. The Bible says we should follow after the patterns and the design and what has been laid out in the Scriptures. There's a guidelines in the Scriptures and there's right thinking that we must maintain. In order to have that maintaining in our lives, we must be diligently practicing right thinking. Oh, you're going to have to get that stinking thinking out of your mind. Right thinking, oh, it's simple. It's following after biblical principles. It's following after biblical perceptions. It's, it's following after the things that's written in the Word of God. Oh, people say, well, I don't know how, what to do. Sometimes you're going to have to find yourself back into the Word of God. Even many times, the Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times in Proverbs 24 and verse number 16, but he gets back up. You know what the difference between a saint and a sinner is, brother? It's he gets back up. You know, I may be down, but I'm not out. Oh, I may be in, in, in the trouble today, but I am going on and I am getting up. And when you fall from your dreams and your passions and your goals, I tell you what, God says get back up and maintain and go forward in God. And God will overshadow us. He will see you through all kinds of troubles. Hasn't He saw you through the troubles in your life? Hasn't He spared many of us from alcoholism? Maybe. Maybe we have had those alcohol problems, but God delivered us from those. Many of us can say that God spared me from that. I'm not, I've never been an alcoholic because of the mercies of God. Because I maintain my walk with God. Oh, hasn't He delivered you from drugs and, and addiction? Demons. Hasn't He seen you through the darkest hours of your life? Hasn't He, doesn't He hold your hand and carry you through many things? Many times bitter divorces, bitter times in your life where things are tough and difficult. He's overshadowed you with his, with his love in times of, of loneliness. He's reached down from heaven and touched your afflicted body. Ain't it right, Sister, Sister Doris? Sister Elvira. We conquered over death and hell and the grave because of that stone that rolled away. And He never gave up on us. We have the power to do the things. We got to, to take care and maintain. Just like Adam was commanded to maintain the things in the garden. And maintain the things in this world. And that, that maintaining of, of those things was way, the way he could go forward and do the things that needed to be done. And because he did not maintain and do the things he needed to, be, needed to do, sin entered into the world. It, it started by a, a, a lack of maintaining. And if you don't maintain your walk with God and you don't maintain the more that God's given you and the life God's gave you, I promise you, you will return back to where you was before. You return back to that guilt and that shame. You return back to that pride and that uselessness. Oh, you return back to the failure. You return back to the handcuffs that held you hostage for so many years. Oh, you will return back to that. Oh, because the devil's wanting to try to destroy you and try to keep you from doing the things God wants you to do. But you need to have a mindset. I'm going to maintain my integrity. I'm going to maintain 
maintain my righteousness. I'm going to see the plan of God performed in my life. I'm going to see victory. I'm going to see power. I'm going to see God do something right. We're going to have to practice it in our lives. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's raise your hand. The Lord's moving in this place. In Jesus' name. 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 When you live right according to the Word of God and follow the examples in the Word of God, you will get the peace. You'll get the power in your life. You will get the anointing in your life. When you start thinking upon the things that God has for you. As we all stand all over this house as the Lord's moving. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you're in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're in the house of God where God can minister to you? Verse 8 in our text says, Finally, brethren. Finally. You reach that moment. Finally makes a clear statement that this is important. This is the moment we've been waiting for. I said all of this to get to here. Have you ever preached say, I, pre- I preached all of this to get to this point. I preached for, for 40 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was. 40 minutes. To get to here. This is it. Paul said, finally. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These things. Those things which ye have both heard or both learned and received and heard and seen in me. He said that one word that's put by itself in verse number nine. That one word that's put by itself, do. You're going to maintain your walk with God. That one word will get you through. It's the do. If you don't do anything, you ain't going to get nothing. My friend at work, I was telling you about that, that preached that message years ago the first time. He always joked with me when I come up to talk to him. Just jokingly, he said, If you don't start nothing, there won't be nothing, buddy. And you know what, one day, I said, man, that sounds good. I th- I'm going to preach that one day. He said, go ahead. If you don't start nothing, they won't be nothing. If you don't do nothing, they won't be nothing. If you don't do, do what God wants you to do, don't be complaining on God. Don't be fussing, well, I don't know why it didn't work out for me. I pray, the preacher prayed for me. No. It comes down to that one word, do. It comes down to that do. Whatever you have have learned, received, heard, and seen me do, you do it. And if you do that, then the God of peace shall be with you. But if you don't, and you don't think about all the good things, and you don't think, if you don't have your mind upon these things that, that Paul was telling the Philippian church. If you don't do those things, you will not have the peace of the God of peace with you. You will not be able to get what God wants for you in your life if you don't maintain. If you don't maintain. You can go to the gym and work out and get all muscular and look pretty good. But if you don't keep going... It won't be long and you start looking like me or Brother Dave or Brother 
Dylan, he looks, he looks good. But now, if he if he was to have big muscles, and then you know, and start looking good and fit, and then two months later comes back in wearing the same suit he's got on now, you notice that he didn't maintain those muscles. It comes with maintaining. Don't just act like a champion when you get the Holy Ghost, but don't maintain and end up being a, a little wimp or a pushover that the devil can just get you over anything. You ever seen people? They're ready to backslide or anything. You know, they're shouting, dancing, running, and all that stuff. Oh, I'm ready. But then one little thing, they done quit God. I've seen people have the wonderful service ever was. Leave out the church and never come back because they didn't maintain. They didn't maintain. If you want the more, you're going to have to maintain the more abundant life. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray today, God, that you would touch everyone. God, under the sound of my voice, God, that you would move, Lord, upon their lives. Move, Lord Jesus, upon their hearts and minds. God, I know, God, today, Lord Jesus, that you're moving, God, by your power in their lives. God, help us, Lord Jesus, God. Lord, to, to, to ask all the important questions, Lord, to you. To reach for you. To do whatever it needs to do. Lord, for you know what's best. You, 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 you are what we uh, need over our lives. Oh God, you, you know what, what we need in our lives. Oh God, help us, Lord Jesus, to be, to be, to be tender towards your presence and to, to live for you with everything in our hearts and our minds, through every crisis, through every storm, through every struggle, through every sickness. I know, God, that you're able to move. Oh God, that this day, this afternoon could be a changing moment in our lives, a breakthrough in a new attitude, in a new mindset in order to go forward and in the more that God has for us in our church. Lord Jesus, I don't want to stop where we are, but God, I want more of you. I want more in February than January. I want to meet, have more in December than I do right now. I want our church to have more than we did at the start of this year. I don't want to talk about it and it not happen, but God, we're going to have to have that maintaining attitude in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all find us a place to pray. Let's pray today, Jesus' name.